Welcome to The Link Church. We pray this week's message inspires you to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. We will get this afternoon going. (laughs) Um, I also just wanted to, I just really felt in my heart to share the scripture in Psalm 17, which says, you um, keep me as the apple of your eye and hide me in the shadow of your wings. And I really felt that that um, was really relevant today to many women and mothers here. Um, And I just wanted to acknowledge that sometimes this can be a hard day. And that's okay. And you can bring that that heart, um, that that hurt and that pain and any grief, and you can bring it here and that and it's safe. Because God wants to take that and He wants to restore that and He wants to heal that in your life as well. And so we also just it's important that that's acknowledged. because um, God God's there and He's the living God that sees and He He hears and He gathers our tears. And so um, as this is a beautiful day of celebration. Um, for some people, it may not be, and and that's okay. So, Mum Amelia, if you could take it away. God bless you all. Today is a very special day for all the mum and everyone in here, because God is the sign for everyone. Um, I'm been talking to the Lord, and He remind me, He's a, a God of generation. We are different generation in here. And, and he wants to touch every generation, from the littlest one and different age. Some people is a baby because they are baby, natural baby, but others people is babies in the Lord. And the Lord loves the sign, loves everyone, and he wants to touch everyone from the little one to the oldest one. And I give you thank you, Lord, for each person in this place, Lord. You know the heart. I don't know nothing about anyone, but you know every person, every situation is in this. Everybody has a situation, and everybody is inside, pain, probably, situations. But God is a mighty God, and he wants to heal. He wants to touch every single one. He wants to prepare because, you know, the Lord said, I choose you before foundation of the world. And he, we are here in this church and other churches, not because one day somebody preached to us, somebody invited us to the church. Everyone is here because God touched the heart. Because we are belong, because he chose us before foundation of the world. And I give you thank you, Lord, for each one, each one of you. And I want to bless you. And I want you to feel free to come in if you feel free. Thank you. God bless you all. Heavenly Father, we, we love you, God. We thank you. We thank you for your love that you have for each woman in this place. God, I just pray that you break off any lies of shame, that you redeem and restore any areas of dignity that have been lost, God, for every generation, every hurt or trauma, God. I pray that you set us free, God, that we would be women that boldly walk in the fear of the Lord that we would rise up to what who you've called us to be, God. We thank you, God. 
Lord, I just pray over every woman in this place and every person hearing the sound of my voice, God, that the Holy Spirit would come upon them so strongly, God, that they cannot deny your love for them, God. Lord, I just pray that you bless every woman in this place, in every stage of her life, that she would walk in truth and in righteousness, God, that you would restore every area of hurt or brokenness, God, any traumas would be broken away, God, just washed away, that you would set in us a clean and righteous heart, God, that we would lead this next generation in truth, that we won't look to the world for the answers, God, that we would look to you and your Holy Spirit for wisdom and guidance in how to raise this next generation, that we would walk with integrity, God, that we would encourage each other and build each other up, Lord. Lord, that we would not be women that gossip, that we would not be women that compare from each, for each other. Lord, that when we look in our reflection, that we value the image of God that stares back at us. That we don't look to people in this world to define our worth. That we would set our identity on you and you alone. That you would protect us, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Who's excited to be in church? If you're joining us online, we want to give you a special welcome. We're so glad that you get to join us in the service. And for everyone in the room, welcome. So good to see you. And to all the mums, happy Mother's Day. Honestly, I am just amazed by what you do. We, <laughs> I have a small idea that it is not easy, even though I'm not a mum at all. So we just admire and appreciate all that all of you do. Um, so... Today, we are continuing our fresh series, and we're going to be talking about a fresh perspective. And so, we know that everyone has a view on something, everyone has an opinion about everything, everyone has a perspective about everything. And so, before we get into it, I'm going to need you all to join in and participate. So, I'm going to show you something, but I need you to be focused, I need you to be paying attention, and I need you to be ready to make a decision, have a perspective. All right, so check this out. All right, which way is that horse walking? Is it going forwards or is it going backwards? Show of hands, who's going backwards? Who's going forwards? Who's moonwalking? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've watched it that many times. I have seen that horse moonwalk. Who saw it both ways? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. All right, so how do we know that what we, what we are viewing is correct? We have a room here that's divided. We have some going forwards, some backwards. I don't know what M's had, but it's moonwalking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so how do we know what's correct? How do we measure where that horse is actually going? And how do we measure what is correct in the world that we live in? How do we know that what someone is telling us is the truth? How do we know that what we believe is actually the truth? And so I want to show you another one now that you're all warmed up. You've got your voting hands ready. You've got your tension ready to go. So here's another one. Have a look at the orange circles in the middle. And then which one is bigger? 
Show of hands, the one on the side. So you're right. Yeah. And that one? No one. Two. All right. Same size. Who's same size? Who's seen this before? Yeah, all of you same sizers have seen this before. <laughs> yeah, it's actually the same size. Crazy how easy our minds can trick us, right? So what happens is when we look at something, our brains process information. So our brain's taking in all of this information. Or no, actually, our eyes are taking in the information. Sorry, wrong way around. Our eyes are taking information. It's sending that information to our brain, and then our brain is interpreting what we're seeing. Except sometimes if bits of information is missing, it will fill in the gaps. And so what our brains are doing is filling in the gaps as we're looking at these things. And I wonder if our brains are filling in the gaps more often than we realize. And so we're living in a world where everyone is pushing at us. Everyone is pushing their opinion, their perspective, their point of view on us. And we're having to filter through trying to figure out, well, where do we stand in all of this? What is our opinion? What is our perspective? And so sometimes the view can be so assertive that we feel like maybe, maybe they're right because they seem so convinced that they actually are right. But maybe they're not. And so we're having these opinions thrown at us politically, socially, even in church there would be different opinions, um, financially. And the more we listen to all the noise, to what everyone has to say, the more confusing it becomes. The more we're trying to find truth, the more information we're taking in, the more unsure we are of anything. And so I have one more to show you. So you guys are on to me. Let's see. <clears throat> Two circles. We got link blue and next steps yellow. Which one is bigger? One of them is bigger. Which one is it? Left. Show of hands, the yellow circle. Okay. Show of hands, the blue circle is bigger. Show of hands if you didn't vote. <laughs> That's a lot of you. Why didn't you vote? <laughs> You're waiting to take in all the information before forming his perspective. Clever. <laughs> so despite what some of you might be thinking, well, maybe some of us are not wanting to be tricked also. <laughs> These two circles are actually exactly the same size. Yeah. <laughs> Can't trick you guys anymore. <laughs> but what does this show us is sometimes we look at it and we go, same size. And then I go, but one is bigger, which one is it? And then there's doubt. Then we're not sure. Or we're questioning ourselves. You're going, I think it's the same size, but is it really? Maybe I just hold off. I'm not sure. And so <clears throat> the thing is that I set this up and I still get caught out by it. I still look at it and go, but one of them does look kind of bigger. Right? It's crazy how that can happen so quickly, even though we know the answer. How that, that word, that question can undermine what we think we know. It's crazy how quickly our perspectives can be changed. And so what do we learn from this? We learn that we can be 
easily manipulated to believe something that isn't necessarily true. We're living in a time where we've heard so many different perspectives. So where do we stand? We're living in a world where we are being told that the blue circle is bigger than the yellow circle. Doesn't mean that it's true, though. And so we're not sure what our opinion is anymore. Sometimes we hold back on our opinion because we're not sure where we stand. And so perhaps it's time for us as a church, as God's people, to get a fresh perspective. Not only on what truth is, but also where to find that truth. And so where is your perspective coming from? I want us to take a second and think about that. Where is your perspective coming from? Is it from social media? You scroll through and in a way it's, I mean, what they do is pretty clever, but they're shaping your worldview by what they're throwing at you. They're showing us unrealistic expectations of what life should be like, but the more you look at it, the more normal it becomes. That's the trick. Are you basing your standard off of the number of likes? Are you changing what you're posting based on what you're seeing? In politics, we can identify as anything, right? Can we? We have professionals, we have doctors giving us a report. Sometimes they give you the worst news. It's, sometimes it's part of their role. They can't really give you much hope, can they? But does that mean that it's true? Does that mean that it's correct? Or are you getting your perspective from your friends? Maybe that gossiping is okay, as long as it's just with that one friend. You know, they're not going to say anything, so it's okay. Or are you getting your perspective at work or at school from your colleagues? Maybe gossiping is okay as long as we all don't like the same person or as long as we laugh about it after we've said it and it's just a joke. And so do you have a point of view? Or are you changing your point of view not to offend anyone, to keep people happy? And what is your point of view on God? Do you turn in a situation where you need advice? Do you run to a friend to get their opinion before you go to God to hear his opinion? What is your perspective on social media? Do the number of likes mean that you're worth more? Or do you go to God's word to tell you how, about your worth and what you're created for and how loved you are? And so I'm going to read a statement to you. I don't like it either, so... We're all in the same boat, and I'm going to ask you, what is your opinion on this statement? We would rather hear what someone says about God's word on a Sunday than to hear what God wants to say to us in his word on Monday to Friday. Yeah, I didn't like that. <laughs> and so perhaps we need a fresh perspective more than we realize. Maybe it's time we take a look in and realize where is our perspective coming from? What do we really think about the world? What do we really think about God's word? And so I was, we were all packing up in here last week and um, little Ella was running around. She was helping pack up. It was so cute to watch. And then she runs to dad and Josh lifts her up and he puts her on his shoulder. And all of a sudden she's taking in the room in a whole different way. And I laugh because I thought, Wow, like everything would look so different to her looking at things from dad's eye level versus like kneecap height, right? Like imagine the double chin she's seeing from down there. It's not good. 
And so I think in the same way, God's wanting to give us a fresh perspective. He's wanting us to see things from his point of view. He's wanting to give us a fresh perspective on salvation specifically. And so I want us to look at the book of Titus. So um, we see that Paul is writing a letter to Titus. Now, Titus is a very short book. Titus is writing to a young pastor, sorry, Paul is writing to a young pastor named Titus, and he has been given the task of leading the church. And so he's caring for people, he's inspiring them, he's shepherding them, he's challenging them, he's equipping them. Much in the same way, we all do these things in our daily lives, whether it's at home, in our friendships, in church, or at work, or at school. And so like all of us are doing in our own way, he's raising up a generation to come. And so in chapter C, in chapter 3, sorry, I always get that mixed up, 3 and C, <laughs> we see Paul starts off instructing Paul to remind, sorry, Paul starts off instructing Titus to remind the people of a few things. And he's reminding them how to live. Um, he's asking Titus to remind them where they come from, who they were before Jesus showed up in their lives. And he's asking Titus to remind them of the great salvation that they have. And so Titus 3 verse 4 to 7 says this, But when God our Saviour revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Okay, so in verse 5, we see this word saved. Now, when we unpack the meaning of it, what that word originally means, this word saved actually shows up over a hundred times in the Bible. So it's not just a word used in this one sentence, it's actually used many times. And what it means is to save, to deliver, to protect, literally or figuratively, to heal, to preserve, to do well, to make whole or to be whole. And so what we're seeing is that this message of salvation is so much more than just a message we hear the moment we give our lives to Jesus. It's actually something that applies to so many different areas of our lives. It applies to the everyday mundane tasks. It's applying to our work life, our home life, our relationships. It's more than just being saved in an instant. God wants us to have life and to have it abundantly. So, this salvation isn't just something that we talk about from a pulpit on a Sunday. It's so much more than that. It's where our perspective as Christians start. It's where our perspective as Christians carries us through life. This is the root. This is almost, in a way, the lenses that we view life and our situations through. It's through salvation. What does God want for us? And so salvation is where we find our fresh perspective for everything. If in a way you imagine putting on glasses and viewing your whole life through the lens of salvation. In verse 5, he also says, He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life. And when we look at this word, it actually means to renovate, 
which is pretty cool. So it's talking about a spiritual renovation or a rebirth. And so we've all seen, you know, you've seen the shows on TV where they do renovations and the place is all mouldy and, you know, very, very ugly, very ugly colours. Pastor Andrew would know. He sees these kitchens all the time. Um, yeah, there's some rough things that people, you know, it reaches a point where you need to make it fresh. You need to make it new. And the process of that renovation is messy. You've got trades in and out. They're messy. They're walking in dirt. You know, things are being pulled out. As you're pulling things out, you're discovering maybe even more of a problem than you realise. But the end result is something beautiful. The end result is something that inspires. The end result is something that you show a friend and they go, wow, actually, I, who did you use to do that? I think my kitchen needs a renovation. My house needs a renovation. <laughs> it's not an ad. <laughs> and so there's something about renovations where we're replacing something old with something new. Something that is outdated with something that is current. Something that is maybe not working with something that is working. And so maybe our mindsets need a renovation. Maybe our perspectives need a renovation. And so God doesn't want you to be polluted by the world's opinions. He doesn't want you to be polluted by their perspectives. He wants you and your family to live your best life the way that he designed you all to live. He doesn't want us to live a lie because we're too lazy to do the work to find the truth for ourselves. That's not what he's created us to do. And make no mistake, I'm not. This is for me first. <laughs> I am preaching to myself. I have been challenged 100% by this message. I've even, you know, getting ready today. It's like, Joe, are you, are you going to preach a message and the whole church is going to be transformed or are you also going to take it and apply it? So don't take it as I'm coming at you. <laughs> this is for me as well. And so how do we get the right perspective? We start off with prayer. Prayer is where we get to bring to God, God, this is what I'm facing. This is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm thinking. What do you think? What do you see? What do you have planned? What do you want for this situation? And it's in prayer that we also get to hear from God. He'll point, he'll remind you of a scripture or, you know, sometimes you pray about something and then you have a conversation with someone and then they manage, it's like they read your mind. It's because we're inviting God into our world, into what we're going through, into what we're experiencing. We take a fresh look at the Bible. We, we open up God's word. We, you know, at um, Next Steps, we have so many Bibles that we look at. There's so many ways of discovering God's word and different ways of finding scripture. And you end up going down this rabbit hole. That's what God wants for us. There's so much in there that we don't even realize he wants us to have that hunger to, to absorb his word so that he can give us that fresh perspective. And I think one major area where we get this fresh perspective or an area that's essential in a way to maintain a fresh perspective, you see community and trials almost come together. It's like these two go hand in hand for me. I um, Last year, I got a bad doctor's report. And it was almost like, 
each doctor, each specialist I went to, the news just got worse and worse. And you almost start to believe what they have to say because they know the truth, right? They This is their area of profession, like what they specialize in. They know what they're doing, what they're saying. Yeah, I'm going to have to accept that. And it became harder and harder to to find the truth, to have that fresh perspective. But what I did have is I have people in my life who, who speak truth into my life, people who are hearing from God, people who are reminding me of a fresh perspective. And they spoke into my life, reminding me of the truth. They encouraged me to keep going. They prayed over me. They, they helped me navigate the situation. And did I not have that, I'm not sure I would have navigated that situation the same way that I did. And so in the times that are easy, the times that are good, the times where everything's amazing, can I encourage you to make sure that you have the right people in your life, people who are going to help you get that fresh perspective when you're struggling to get the fresh perspective. It didn't mean they had all the answers. I still have questions I don't have answers for. But they helped me, they supported me, and they directed me to God. And it's been an incredible learning journey. So my encouragement for all of us is, I guess the flip side of that is, are you someone who's able to offer someone a fresh perspective when they're going through a hard time? That is our responsibility as a church, as a community, to be able to speak life into each other, to be able to offer a fresh perspective. And so the truth is that we can't afford to have people's and their opinions warp our perspective. We're living in a world that is so fast-paced, that is changing so radically. We don't have the time. We don't have the luxury of having everyone's perspective influence us. We need to be influencing our environments. And so there's different areas. There's so many areas in our lives where... We need to be influencing the perspective. We need to, in a way, receive a revelation of, from Jesus of this fresh perspective. What does salvation look like in my daily life? So that when we go out about our daily lives, that other people can catch that fresh perspective. We have our signage that says here to inspire. Is our perspective inspiring others? And so... When it comes to our, um, our identity, are we looking in ourselves in the mirror and reminding ourselves who God created us to be? Or are we looking in the mirror going, well, that's not good enough. Or if only, you know, it was a little bit better looking or fitter or stronger or tanner or blonder or whatever it is. We all have our list of what we would like to see in the mirror, the reality of it. Not so much sometimes. But is that our focus or is our focus what God says about us? In parenting, don't underestimate what you're doing as a parent. I've heard this said and it just blew my mind that the way that you speak to your children teaches them how they're going to be speaking to themselves. You know that voice that you have in your head? That comes from how your parents speak to you. So in the moment we're like, I'm hungry or you're having a meltdown, how your parents speak to you changes how you're going to treat yourself in that situation in the future. Don't underestimate the power of what you're doing. You know, I, 
I get to thank my parents for raising me, knowing God, serving God. They've shown me the way to go. And so I want to encourage you parents, you might not see that today where you're putting in the hard time, you're, you're disciplining your children, you're whatever that looks like, I can't even imagine. <clears throat> but be encouraged that it pays off eventually. You might not see the fruit of it now, it doesn't mean that there isn't fruit coming. We need to allow a salvation perspective to change our perspective and how we deal with conflict. If we had those filters, those lenses on of what salvation means to us, would we handle conflict different? Would we be slower to anger? Would we forgive faster? Would we maybe think, take a second to think before we speak? Do you see how this perspective we hear the word salvation and our minds go somewhere, but really God's designed it to be something so much more than what we've been boxed it, boxing it into. In business or in work or in school, how are you interacting with your colleagues? Are we looking just like them? Are we speaking like them? Are we talking badly about our bosses or other colleagues who we don't like? I can't point fingers. But if we look at them through a perspective of salvation, does that change how we interact with them, how we speak about them, how we pray for them even, or even whether we do or don't pray for them? And contentment, the world's constantly pushing us to keep up. You have to have this, you have to drive this car, you have to live here, you have to have whatever it is that the world is telling you. Maybe what we have is enough. Maybe instead of having more things, we can, we can bless someone with that money or we can bless someone with something. Again, it's almost like a small adjustment, but it has a massive impact. It's so much bigger than just us. And so if we make a decision to change our perspective, the run-on effect of it's going to encourage others. It's going to inspire people. It's going to bring conversations. And that's what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to make a difference. We're trying to inspire people to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. And that starts from us first having that meaningful relationship with Jesus, from constantly putting the work into that. And so... We can't afford to have the world telling us what our perspective should be on God, on the word, or on anything else for that matter. It's just not worth it. It's not worth the risk. And here's the thing, because we're doing life together, is I get a fresh perspective on something and I share it with someone. Maybe it changes their perspective on something, but they've discovered a fresh perspective on something else. And as we're changing our perspective on things, we're, the conversations are, trans, we're being transformed as a community. It's no longer an individual thing. And so I want to encourage you when you learn something, when God shows you something, share it with someone because you never know how it can change their perspective. And so maybe today your perspective is stale. And maybe it's time for a fresh perspective. We know that Jesus is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. Amen? And so God is wanting to renovate us. He's wanting to make us new. He's wanting to make us more like him. 
so that we can go and lead those people who don't even know yet what they're missing out on to him, to come into relationship with him, to experience the salvation that he has for them, to experience the life that he has for them. And so as you sit there, I want you to imagine what your life could be like if you reminded yourself of salvation daily. This is where the change comes because we're telling our minds what to think. We're telling our minds what to filter all this information through. We're telling our minds what to fill the gaps in with. Because if we're missing information, our mind's going to go to default. And we know where default lands us. It's not good. So if we tell our minds to fill in the gaps with the truth of the gospel, with salvation, I think what we will end up is a fresh perspective. And so a salvation perspective is that we are saved from eternal separation from God, that we're delivered from our past, that we are protected by an almighty, all-powerful God, that we are healed, that we're walking in increasing health, that God is willing and able to make us whole, And how would this impact the people around us? I think in ways that we can't even imagine. We know that God can do so much more than we could ever ask or imagine. And so what would that look like? Would people be more open to hearing what we have to say? Because we're not gossiping like them. We're not talking badly about our husbands or wives like the rest of them. Would it change how we share the hope that we carry? If we're reminded of this daily, would it change how relevant, how real it is to us and how we share it with people? Could it possibly even impact a community? Maybe even just us to start with and maybe a community bigger than just us. And so today, is there an area in your life where you need a fresh perspective? I can't tell you what that is. I can't even tell you what your perspective should be on an area in your life. I think the fun thing about this is that I can't tell you this is the perspective you should have, but that you get to go and discover that with God. You get to go have the conversation. You get to unpack the word. You get to remind yourself of what is salvation. What does it mean to you in each situation? And so what is that area? that area where you need that fresh perspective, that new point of view. Maybe it's a question that you need to ask. And then if there is something, the next most important question is, are you willing to let God's word bring that fresh perspective? Because it's easy to say, yes, we need a fresh perspective, and then just allow whoever to bring a fresh perspective, right? And so... I want to pray for you. Thanks for being with us. We hope this message leaves you stirred to a place of action. If you made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, need more resources or want to take your next step, linkthechurch.org has everything you need. Until next time, from everyone at The Link Church, God bless.